there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hi friends, it is so, so good to be back with you, and I hope and trust things are well with you. Um, I want to continue, really, our celebration of Pentecost together, uh, as we get to celebrate Uh, the reality that Jesus promised that he would send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has come to dwell with each and every one of us that receives Jesus. Um, And what that does is it reminds us that we worship, that we have centered our lives on a God that has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a community of love that wants to transform your life and my life with their love. And the Holy Spirit has been poured out in order that we would be transformed. And this morning, I want us to look at that in a bit more detail in a few moments. But before we get there, I just want to say two thank yous. One, a massive thank you to Grace for reading the scriptures that we're going to look at today. And uh, two, just to say a massive thank you to Alice Gray for sharing last Sunday. Uh, I don't know if you got to listen to it. If you didn't, I really encourage you, please do go and listen to it because it was just a big, fat, very good uh, kind of talk. And it did me the world of good. I hope it did you the good uh, world of good. And I know for me, it's kind of been a week this last week of just picking up the challenge that Alice had left us with to be those that seek to love the person that's in front of us. And I know for me, it's been that moment of just consciously thinking, right, who is it who's in front of me? Like, maybe it's someone on the Zoom call I'm on. Maybe it's uh, someone in my household. Maybe it's someone in my street. Maybe it's someone who's been cutting my hair, as you can see, another sharp haircut. Uh, it's been done by to the Hearst. And um, in each moment, it's been this moment of saying, actually, God, what does it look like to love this person as you have loved me? See, today we get to kind of end this series that we've been in, looking at the way of the cross, where we've discovered that we're to be those that follow Jesus' example, who, out of love for you and for me, sought to lay down everything in order that we could gain everything. And that in turn, as we understand and recognize all that we've gained in Jesus, that we too then are called to be those that out of love then seek to offer all. Offer all in our love of God and offer all in our love of others. And what we've discovered is that as we seek to live this way of the cross, that it's actually a daily invitation. A daily invitation to hear Jesus speaking to us and say, come be my followers, pick up your cross, offer all as I offered all for you. And what we've done is put language that we're familiar with uh, as Oasis to say, well, how do we do this then? How do we ensure that we're picking up this invitation daily? He said, well, let's be those that seek to pause. And in that pause from the reality of what's going on in our life that we hear that invitation afresh 
that out of all we've gained to seek to offer all. And in that invitation that what we do is respond by centering, centering our lives on the wonder of all that we have in Jesus and through Jesus. And that having centered our lives on that, we then get to continue. Continue by seeking then out of understanding all that we've gained in Jesus and through Jesus by offering all. Offering all of who we are in order that we be those that say, I give everything to love you, God. I give everything to love others that come into my path. But today I want to remind us that this isn't something that we have to try and do in our own strength. This isn't a, a moment to say, okay, yeah, the way of the cross is this moment of seeking to live this way that just takes effort and takes all my might and uh, like how am I going to do this on top of everything else that I'm trying to juggle in my life it's not that remember Jesus said that he'd come in order that we'd have a, a light yoke and an easy burden you see how we get to live in the wonder of this life this life of the way of the cross is by being empowered by the spirit that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you and dwells within me in order that we'd be empowered to live this way, to live the way that Jesus is inviting us. See, that empowering is described in Acts 1.8 where Jesus says this, when you receive power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, Jesus had promised that through his life, death, and resurrection, that as he left the planet Earth to be with the Father, that he would be sending the Holy Spirit who would be a helper, would come and dwell within, in order that we'd be empowered to live the life that Jesus has afforded us, to live in the good of it. And Jesus says, like, that empowering is in order that we can be witnesses like the Holy Spirit comes in order that we can be witnesses. Like, I remember back in the late 1990s, that's how old I am. I used to work in the civil service and I remember starting in a new office. I worked in a number of different branches in the department of the civil service that I worked in. And in one, I arrived, I remember just thinking, oh yeah, I'm new, I'm a follower of Jesus and so what I need to do is tell people that. Because remember, I've got to be a witness, that's something to do, tick the list. And so as I started, I remember in the morning, I realized that the best day to get this information out was a Monday morning, because it was the most natural question that you could ask. You could ask everyone in the office, hey, how was your weekend? Now, reality is, I wasn't bothered about their weekend. All I wanted them in turn to say is, hey, what did you do at the weekend, Adrian? And at that point, I could say, well, I don't know if you know this, but actually, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I went to church. Let me tell you about it. Now, for the first eight weeks, every Monday morning kind of went like this. Hey, how was your weekend? And I got to hear how everyone's weekend was. And it was amazing. And I got to know each and every one of them really well. However, no one ever asked me how my weekend was. Until it gets to this breaking point, eight weeks in, no one's asked me like how my weekend is. So I turn to them and say, do you not know, want to know about my weekend? And they kind of looked at me, kind of thinking, a bit shocked, like, man, this has got to be a big one. 
Like, what's going on with you? And I said, well, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a follower of Jesus, and I went to church yesterday. At that point, everyone like goes, well, we all knew that. We all know that you follow Jesus. That's not news to us. At that moment, my friends that I worked with, which they had become at the, by that point, caused the penny to drop. The witnessing, sharing the wonder of who Jesus is, isn't a task to do. Isn't me seeking to kind of like say, let me juggernaut this into the conversation. No, rather it was this moment of realization, no, witnessing isn't something you do. It's something you are. Like Jesus says that we will be his witnesses. He doesn't say you will go and do witnessing. No, no, he says you'll be my witnesses. Like how freeing is that? This isn't a task to do. It's rather it comes out as an overflow of who we are. Like the Holy Spirit comes and empowers us to be not to do. The Holy Spirit reveals the wonder of Jesus and the life he affords us, which then becomes an overflow of who we are, empowering us to offer Jesus to everyone. Like, doesn't that sound like a good way to live? Like, not a pressure, but just like an overflow. Like, what does it mean then to be empowered by the Holy Spirit that enables us to be those witnesses. Well, I think it's about being, understanding that the Holy Spirit is seeking to pour in to you and I. The Holy Spirit is longing to pour in the wonder of the life that Jesus affords us. Is is longing to pour in the wonder of who Jesus is. Is is longing to pour in the wonder of who the Father is. That's why we see that when the Holy Spirit is described, he's described as one who's bringing this life. So we find that the life that the Spirit pours in is one that's all about the Father's love. And so in Romans 5, 5, it says this, For you, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Like, how amazing is that? That we get to be those that know that we are eternally, unconditionally loved by the Father not just by a head knowledge, but by convinced, being convinced, like by something we've, been, we've read, but rather that it's being revealed and experienced by the Holy Spirit in the very core of who we are. That we can know that we forever are loved and belong to the Father. Know that we've got nothing to prove. We're not looking to earn or gain something. No, no, we have been loved. That's what the Spirit's longing to pour into us, the Father's love. It's also longing to pour into us fruit. So in Galatians 5, to 23, it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like the Holy Spirit is longing to pour into us a life that both tastes this fruit sees this fruit and is characterized by this fruit. See, I'll let you into a secret. 
Like, left to my own devices, I'm a pretty self-centered individual. I can find myself just looking to see what can I gain from others. To be honest, I can, in my selfishness, end up crushing others, uh, causing those who I love the most actually to feel unloved. I'm one who has to keep coming back and saying, Holy Spirit, would you pour into me the wonder of these fruits that get to characterize my life, that I get to know and experience for myself because of all that Jesus has done. But only is it that the Holy Spirit is pouring in the Father's love, fruit. It's also freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever, like hear that, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Like, I love that, like wherever. Like, do you get it? Like, it, it isn't like the Spirit of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is whenever you gather together, in South Street, then you'll know freedom. No, no, it's wherever you find yourself, the Spirit of the Lord can be. And he's going to come and bring freedom. Like the Spirit longs to cause us to know the wonder of the freedom that Jesus has afforded us. Like my, my voice is getting too excited. I went like slightly high-pitched there, didn't I? Because I'm getting excited. Why? Because the Spirit is longing to bring you freedom. It's longing to bring more freedom to me. Longing to come and illuminate things in my life, in your life, that are controlling us, limiting us. In order that we'd understand that Jesus had the final say. And he says, we're free. We're no longer imprisoned in a dominion of darkness. But the reality of that takes time to permeate, to saturate our lives. And the Spirit therefore comes and illuminates and says, hey, this area, Adrian, that is controlling you, you're not going to live like that. And becomes like this piercing of light to understand, oh, that's the freedom that I'm being drawn into. Like for many of you, you know my story that I was someone who was imprisoned by fear. Like I use that word quite strongly because it really was. It, it's, it kind of infiltrated every area of my life that I live with this constant state of like, what if? Like if, if I was to do that, what if this happens? And it just limited everything of who I am, everything of what I thought I could be, everything that I thought of what I could do. And what happened is the spirit began to illuminate in my heart that this isn't the good life that Jesus has got for me to live. Like he's come to bring liberation to me, not come to cause me just to still live in a prison cell of fear. And so what the Spirit did is he started to bring shafts of light of, oh, wow, what, my life could be characterized like that? And then over time, because it took time, the Spirit began to break in and cause me to see the wonder of truth of Scripture that began to renew my mind in order that I could get to a point of realizing, no, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Why? Because I'm a child of God, forever loved, and his perfect love casts out all fear. Like for some of us today, we maybe have other things that we're needing freedom for. I wonder if for some of us it is that thing of fear and today, in the room you're in, the Spirit pours in in order to you to know, too, that actually, he comes to say, you don't have to be controlled by this. 
the Spirit is where you are, longing to bring liberty and freedom. You see, not only does the Spirit pour in, the Spirit also pushes us out. See, it isn't the Spirit comes in order that we know all this good stuff. No, it's always poured in. Just like a glass, if you pour water into it, they get a point where it just start to overflow from the top. It's filled up that as we know and are poured in by the Spirit, it causes us to overflow, to pour out, to be pushed out with the wonder of what we know of the life that is Jesus and is through Jesus. You see, you find it in Acts 2 that as the Spirit comes on this bunch of people who've been following Jesus who are now kind of completely crippled by fear, just like locked in a room thinking, what on earth is going to happen next? Let's just pray and see. We find the Spirit comes, fills the place where they are, and then meets with every individual. And then in pouring into them, we then find they're pushed out. It doesn't describe how. We just find that in a moment, they find themselves out on the street doing what? Praising God and revealing Jesus. That's what the Spirit does, that as we know him pouring into us, he then causes us to be pushed out, pushed out from ourselves in order that we be what? Praising God and witnessing of Jesus. You see, what that looks like is it's all about just the way we live. I remember an individual that I know and them saying that they'd spotted me. They're not a follower of Jesus and said, hey, Adrian, the conversation started like this. Hey, Adrian, I saw you the other day and no one was around you, but you were smiling. And as I looked to you, I thought, why is he smiling? And then I started to think, is he crazy? A little bit, but I also think he just seems to be all right. He seems to have something to smile about, which intrigued me. Why were you smiling when no one was around? What did I get to do then? I get to say, one, like that's kind of freaky that you were looking at me and I didn't know you were there. But two, why I was smiling is actually because of this relationship I have with Jesus. It transforms how I live. See, it isn't just about us looking for the opportunities of what we say. It's also just in us living this life. It causes others to see as the Spirit is pouring in that it pushes something out of us that causes others to say, hey, what is it going on with you? But It's not only in the way we live. It's also in those daily adventures. Those daily adventures of understanding the Spirit is wanting to push us out into the worlds that we're in. I'm saying, like, what I've known of Jesus through you, Holy Spirit, who am I to share that with today? Like, what an adventure. Like, praying that prayer daily. Like, the Spirit longing to partner with us. Like, hey, Holy Spirit, who am I to share this amazing news, this experience that I've had, this truth that I know with someone whose path I'm going to cross today? Maybe it's not just in terms of those moments of, Like, who do we share it with? Maybe it's those moments where we're responding and we see, man, what do I need to do here? Like, I need to do something that is me offering all in order they know that they're loved. And Holy Spirit, I say, would you come and empower me to do this? See, the Spirit is longing to pour into us. It's longing to push us then out. 
which brings us to this moment, you see, is that Holy Spirit is longing to empower us. We are those who need to be empowered. You see, this daily invitation of the way of the cross is one that we're to receive and hear, empowered by the Spirit. Understanding the Spirit comes and pours in, in order that we know the wonder of all we have in Jesus and all we have through Jesus. In order that we then know the Holy Spirit pushing us out to be those that in all that we've received offer all in love of God and in love of people. Therefore, what I want us to do in this moment is just to turn back and to turn back in song. Why is it good to sing? Because it gives us a moment of just responding from the very core of our being. Now, I know it's, it's hard, isn't it, singing sometimes when you're in your lounge, maybe with some friends or family, maybe it's just you're there by yourself and thinking like, are people going to think I can't sing very well? Here's the deal. God loves it when you sing. Because there's something that happens when we sing where it just allows our hearts to speak. And therefore, what we can do is we're just going to respond in song. And as we do, it's allowing us to say, God, I center on who you are and want to come and receive of everything of who you are. And after we've turned to God in song, I then want to take a moment just to pray for us. Pray for us to be empowered once again. Maybe it's empowered for the first time. It's like this moment of saying, oh, I didn't realize that I could do this. Like God is longing to meet with you and meet with me in order that he come by his Holy Spirit and pour in to push us out. Can I just encourage us like where we are? I, I Just in this moment, why don't we um, just close our eyes and put our hands out just as a way of saying, God, I'm open to you. I want to receive everything you have for me. Jesus said that um, whenever we ask for the Holy Spirit, the Father loves to pour in the Holy Spirit. And there's this dynamic of the Holy Spirit already being present within us and kind of bubbling up from within and pouring out over kind of over us. And it's this like way of us just being overwhelmed. That's that word baptism of just being overwhelmed by the Spirit. And the Spirit's longing to do that in you and in me. And like God's wired each and every one of us differently. And therefore it's not like a set way the Spirit comes to meet with you and meet with me. He comes and meets with us in the uniqueness of how we've been wired. Like for some of us, it's just knowing this deep sense of peace. For others of us, it's we may physically shake or start to cry. And it's just that God comes and, and meets with us. I was struck afresh today by just that first account in Acts 2 where it says when the Spirit came, it was like, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. What struck me is that more than ever we're in a moment where we're just in our homes, in rooms, sat. And that the Spirit is wanting to come and fill our rooms. And that as the Spirit comes and fills our rooms, then the Spirit comes and settles and pours into each of us as individuals. And I just want to pray for that to happen. And so just with your eyes closed, with your hands out, don't worry about what others might think because God is wanting to come 
and meet with you by his Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank you that you said it was better for you to go in order that you could send the helper, the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are now present here with us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you fill every room. Whereas in this moment, as we're scattered into multiple locations, both in this city and across the geography of this nation and other nations, I pray, would you come, Holy Spirit, and fill the room that we're in. I pray whether it's live in this moment or on demand, we just say that you are not fixed by time. The Holy Spirit, you can come and dwell in this moment. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, come and pour out your presence in every room. I just felt like just it was significant in terms of praying for rooms. I just felt like for some of us, where homes have meant to be places of safety, there's just been stuff going on that it felt... Like it becomes something that felt more like a prison. We felt we've become unsafe. It's not because of something someone's doing. It's just been a feeling like it just doesn't feel as safe here. I just felt like the wanting to pray the spirit comes and breaks in to bring safety, to bring comfort, to know that God dwells. Your home is a place, a holy place. And then the Spirit longs to come and pour in to you and into me. And Holy Spirit, I just pray, would you come and pour in the wonder of the Father's love. That nothing else and no one else defines us because we're now loved by the Father. That's what defines us. I pray, Spirit, would you come and would you bring that reality to the depths of our hearts? I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you begin to produce that fruit within us that only you can? That fruit that we're to taste and be characterized by. I pray for some of us, even now, would we know that peace? from the youngest to the oldest in this moment, all can come and receive from you. And Spirit, I pray, would you come and begin to breathe in, or to, yeah, to breathe in your freedom. I really ask that. So for some of us, it's felt like recently we've just we felt suffocated. It's how it's felt like we've been suffocated by things that have been holding us captive. And I believe the Spirit comes to resuscitate us. Say, no, no, that that has no power over you. Jesus has the final say. And the Spirit comes daily to resuscitate, to breathe his freedom in. Like for some of us, we just need to breathe in in this moment. It's like, as we breathe in, it's as though we're breathing in the spirit. 
There's no rush in this place. like today is like a marker in the sand as well for all of us there's this daily invitation to just do this like we just come individually maybe it's as households and just mark out time each day and say holy spirit we just want to come and receive a fresh of you receive a fresh of your empowering allowing you to come and pour in the wonder, the wonder of the life that we get to know in Jesus and through Jesus. And as we get to camp out in this place, as the Spirit pours in, it's also that he's then starting to push us out today is is that pushing out in order that we be those that then say God you are good that we get to be those that then turn in this moment saying what I'm receiving I now turn to worship of you turn to praise of you